What's going on, everybody? If you've clicked on this video, you are listening to the, to these voices. You have clicked on the Folk Entertainment Podcast number. Uh, it's one fifty something. I, I don't know. It's it's a high one. <laughs> I, I promised I'll get it right one day, but it, the, today is not that day. Oh, the numbers have lost so much meaning for us. <laughs> I know. It's at this point, it doesn't even really matter. We could be at two thousand for all we know, and it just who cares? But anyway. What's up, everybody? I am Gilbert. Yeah, I am joined by my buddy Harrison. What's up, Harrison? Hello, I'm very good. How are you guys? I am good. And of course, we are also joined by a new friend. Like we've been doing this every week, and this week is no exception. We are joined by Amanda from the Galaxy of Queers podcast. What's up, Amanda? Hey there, guys. How's it going? Uh, we are good. How, uh, so yeah, like go ahead and tell us a little bit about you to introduce yourself to our fans. Uh, let let us know. Yeah. Um, so like, uh, I've been a Star Wars fan all my life, you know, grew up with it. Earliest memories are watching Return of the Jedi. And uh, so I started out my podcast just this past summer. It was a dream. And I was like, you know what? I want to do a nerdy podcast and sat down, just started it. And we're doing really good now. So in fact, we'll be having some really cool content coming in the next few months. So I hope you all give us a listen sometime. Yeah, and honestly, uh, well, I believe I'm not sure if you've already if you've announced this or, but there might be someone on this show being on one of those things as well. So stay tuned for yes. that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but anyway, so yeah, so what are, we're uh, here to review something kind of awesome. I think at least I thought it was awesome. I don't know about you guys. There, it seems like we were talking about it a little bit off air, uh, especially uh, with you, Amanda. Like, mm-hmm. uh, that. It seems like this has kind of been like a roller coaster. It's been like some some people really love the episode, some people really hate them, and some people it's alternating from week to week. So yeah, yeah. What what am I talking about, guys? Oh, you were talking about Boba Fett. Oh, sorry, the book of Boba Fett, episode four. Indeed, I am. So, what did you guys? So I'll start off with Amanda. So just just initial response. What did you think of the episode? Like how how did you like it? How did you hate I, it? What, what's up? I really enjoyed it. I loved it from start to finish um it's it's only the second episode i've really been really like wow this is really really good um i also thought production value was a lot better in this episode um which i'll probably go into later but the production value of this one looked fantastic oh you know you can go into it now let's yeah let's talk about that like yeah I mean, uh, from the full production size value Bantha. to me you know Production value to me is something very important in Star Wars. It makes the world feel lived in. And the past few episodes, I've just thought it hasn't looked as clean and nice as The Mandalorian. Really? Hmm. Yeah. 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 Huh. All right. So, so uh, is it just so because... this episode? Oh, I think it's. I mean, it could be because of COVID nineteen. I mean, who knows what kind of impact that had on budgetary or scheduling you know i have no idea um i would assume it it probably impacted it a lot so unlike the mandalorian which didn't have that issue book of boba did but at the same time you know you look at the marvel tv shows that have been filmed during covid and they look fantastic so Mm. it's just like that's just my thing. Like, I just thought that some of the episodes didn't look as polished, but episode four looks fantastic. I mean, the Bantha on its own is amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. I was Absolutely. gonna say, like, the full size Bantha that we get to see. The fact that we get, like, we get to see it. I'm pretty sure there's mm-hmm. one point in there where we get to, we get to see a full on shot where he's standing next to it, and the thing is yeah. full size. Mm-hmm. 
Mr. X. Yes, Mr. X. And that is a white fang flag in my background. <laughs> I, I had to move some of my collectibles, so I so I didn't want I didn't want a white wall. So ah. deal with it. I like anime. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but the, you're right. The production value on this was was pretty good. I I don't know about if it if the Mandalorian was better because I, I noticed that a lot of the Mandalorian, at least season one. Spent a lot season of time. one was rusty yeah i will say that yeah. it's been a lot of time were, in the in the what's they were getting day, used uh, to the uh, volume yeah yeah the volume mm -hmm. exactly it was it was a, a rough like it was a rough thing it was like the first mm -hmm. uh time that they were using that technology so and yeah. they spent a, and like i said they spent a lot of time in the ship and in like really close-up shots so they could use that but mm -hmm. yeah you're right season two that's when they started really getting crazy mm -hmm. with it yeah so I, this one yeah, I would say that season four is, or season four, episode four is probably on more on that level. The last yeah. three episodes, eh, I, I don't know. I would put them on a higher level than than other shows, but I I don't know. I I thought they were okay. I thought I thought the CGI was pretty solid, at least in the in the train episode. Yeah, I think yeah. I think for me, one thing that I think in a lot of the interior shots, I just feel like the lighting is maybe too bright, but that's just me, maybe. But then again, like for Tatooine. For the aesthetic of Tatooine, I think of more like seedy, darker atmosphere. So yeah. maybe that's why. That's just my perception more. And they're going with a different perception of Tatooine. I but, completely agree with you. Yeah. yeah. I, I think <laughs> as soon as you said it, that some of the interiors are too bright. I was like, yeah. Um, yeah. The casino just feels way too bright for, you know, like a, a dive place in uh, mm -hmm. Mos Espa. Um, the mod shop that they go to here, whilst cool, does feel like mm -hmm. it's just out of place whereas like here when we get um inside right the kitchen's uh, jabba's yeah. place there we go th it's that perfect lighting all, perfect yeah, lighting yeah. mm -hmm. in fact this whole section yeah you said about production value the droids <laughs> in this episode are fantastic are we are fantastic yeah i saw yeah. that little rat catcher droid and i was like gilbs yeah. gilbs is going to be happy about this well and you then, know i, I was I love so it. happy because we saw that droid in animation first you know hmm. And, and then he right, picked up I think we'll like see a first in Clone Wars, right? Oh, do we? Yeah, we see. I, I've seen this in. I'm pretty sure we've seen this one in Clone Wars. We've also seen this in Rebels. Yeah, I know we've seen it in Rebels. I think we've seen it. Yes, we do see it in Clone Wars because there is a droid like it in the Blue Shadow Virus arc. Yes. Yes. Ah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I'm pretty sure we've also seen yeah. this this particular droid, or like maybe not this droid, but you know this model of droid in background shots and like on on Tatooine as well. Like I'm I'm fairly certain we've seen it in multiple Star Wars uh, production, like you know uh, projects mm -hmm. that we just we just haven't yeah. noticed it. But yeah. Regardless, I Harrison, you are absolutely correct. I, you know me too well. I love this. Like I always love when they introduce another droid, and when they have like this fun little moment where he picks it up and he's like, and he "Do you know himself. who I am?" Yeah. <laughs> the droid nods and then turns himself turns off. himself <laughs> off. He's just like terrified, and he's like, "I'm turning myself off. I'm out yeah, of here." So yeah, is that the droid equivalent of like committing suicide, no. or, it, or just like <laughs> you wouldn't hit an unconscious man? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, nah, bro. I'm I'm asleep. I'm asleep, bro. Don't you worry. <laughs> yeah, put himself in the sleep mode. Like I love it. It's just, it was great. And like honestly, that uh, I noticed a lot of people who made the uh, let's see, was the joke when they get into the kitchen the first time. There's the droid with all the knives. Like it, it does like General Grievous thing of like. And, like yeah, pop, it's exactly. That's what I thought of immediately was General Grievous, and I'm like, that's got to be a homage. It's got. <laughs> yeah, and almost instantly, I loved how people were were like, uh, they had Boba Fett, hello there, and they had a picture of this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like that was the greatest thing. Like, also, that's just a cool droid. I'm, we've never seen a cooking droid before, so I'm, I'm always down for more lore building, and that's 
really that's cool yeah the way they're doing droids as well at the moment is so wonderful they've got like that ability to have i don't know what they're mixing cg with physical uh props but it all looks perfect like the sort of shaky way it walks and you know that it's not quite steady the same with the other droids that is um similar to what we've seen in empire or perhaps already the in other Jedi. droid that's in the kitchen, right? Yeah, the other droid that's yeah, in yeah, the yeah. kitchen. Yeah, yeah, it reminds me of the droid in yeah, that one right there. It reminds me of the one in Empire. Yeah, I'm sure it's like a similar model because that weird kind of like it. Mm -hmm. I was thinking it's like a pair of buck teeth yeah. uh, underneath its face. So yeah, mm -hmm. he, this this particular droid, or I know again, I'm not sure if it's this one in particular, but it, but this model is also used in Return of the Jedi. It's, when they uh when uh it's with the two droids are being assigned right yeah exactly he's like the one who's like oh you'll be on the master's sailing barge you're gonna be his new translator and yeah i think he's the that dude in the is um, yeah 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 i think it's the same model i don't yeah. think it's the same droid but yeah i don't think it's the same guy but yes i, I believe it's the same model of droid from that particular one so what about it, you uh harrison do you think it's the same droid or different i didn't think it was the same droid I, i'm okay. with you that i recognize it's the same model but i assumed it wasn't the same one uh, okay. but also i'm terrible for forgetting everything in star wars so i was <laughs> perfectly ready for you guys to go no dude we know this guy he's called like cx9j you should know him exactly like that. Otherwise, yeah you're i not have a no idea fan. his designation but same <laughs> yeah, yeah I've, you know, i recognize the the, 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 yeah, the model yeah so uh let's go ahead and talk about this for a minute like uh the slave one i just want i want to on the first hand it's just my only gripe about the about the episode is that if it's supposed to be like a couple of years after return of the jedi like he's been with the tuscans for months and you know he's been doing all of that sh and maybe it's like a year plus why is the is the slave one or the fire spray depending on who on how you go yeah. about this like why is that still in the hangar like wouldn't bib fortuna just sell that or like i would or I why like, hasn't yeah. anybody else stole it <laughs> that's like that's Boba Fett's ship. Why wouldn't you take that? I could understand if like Bib Fortuna was using it, you know, like if like he started using his own like personal carrier as a bit of a sort of you know show off of like, look, I have Boba Fett's infamous ship. Now that could like, be maybe Bib was actually using the ship. Okay, I could see that possibly. Although I, I was kind of half expecting to see it like covered with like a big like black tarpaulin. Like you know, like 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 your dad, like uh, the Ghostbusters and the Ecto One and uh, yeah, Ghostbusters yeah. Afterlife. They were gonna like pull it off. Go, oh, I yeah. haven't seen this old girl in years. No, instead it's just sitting there. <laughs> yeah, and and he just assumed that it would still be in the hangar, and I'm like, why? Why would it still be there? I know. It yeah. also looks like they can't really fit much else in there. It looks like it takes up all the space. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like it. It seems like you, in order, just in order for that thing to be able to get out, you have to make sure that nothing is in its way. So yeah, it takes up the entire hangar. Also, love the uh, Return of the Jedi design for the Gamorrean guards in this sequence. Yeah. Love that. So yeah, that, that's great. Like the Gamorrean <laughs> guards in general, I've, I've been enjoying them myself. Like yeah, the I entire love way around. <laughs> so yeah, I think that they, that that was a great idea to have like two dudes in, in Gamorrean costumes. Yeah, I love I love the addition of Gamorrean guards. Uh, let me see here. What, what else do we get? Uh, all right, you know what, uh, Harrison, you mentioned it a minute ago. I want to talk about this. The, the the I like how he goes to the mod shop, and it's yes. like a tattoo. It's like an old like like it reminds uh, 80s me so parlor. much of going to a tattoo parlor. You know, but, it yeah. had the feel and aesthetic of a tattoo parlor. Yeah, like yeah, the girl sitting there like doing the exact yeah. pose you do when you're yeah. when you're getting a tattoo. Like the dude's messing with it as if it's like a, a back tattoo. Also, the guy looks like a tattoo artist. Like. <laughs> <laughs> like, like yeah yeah so, i get what you mean 
<laughs> I kind of like that aesthetic. I well, I think it's funny that uh, they're they're doubling down. Like that was the biggest controversy of the last episode, and they are doubling down on the weird cyberpunk aesthetic and like the Vespas because you can see one of them out front here, right yeah. there. Right there's so, a Vespa and the... And, uh, yeah, we got another one. Like, I love how they're doubling down on that whole idea that, they, that this is just a thing on Tatooine is these... I find uh, it like, interesting racers. about this kind of, like, cyberpunk influence because um, have you guys ever played the Star Wars game Old Republic? Uh, you t uh, I have not, no. Is it Star Wars Old, the Old Republic or Knights of the Old Republic? Because I've played Star both. Wars the Old Republic, the MMO. Okay, okay yes, I have. Yeah, um, there's a whole class of, like, cyborg that you can play and have all these different, like, little um, various cybernetics on you. And y these guys kind of remind me of that because I kind of yeah. like that kind of cool little, like, cyberpunky kind of feel mm. a little bit. Um, but, yeah, it reminds me a lot of Old Republic because, like I said, you can play a cyborg in that game if you want to. Yeah, I did notice that as well. Like that was to me. I know we had like Darth Vader and we had Luke with his robot mm -hmm. hand and everything. Like the yeah. worst cyborgs, but before, but that was like the first game that really started showing off like the crazy stuff you could do with it mm -hmm. and how like yeah. you have like robot stuff coming out of your heads. So or you yeah, have robotic it, eye like this guy exactly. right here, you know, in mm -hmm. Old Republic. So it kind of reminds me of that. It, I'm wondering if maybe they were influenced by that or not, mm -hmm. or just clearly the cyberpunk genre. I, I'm yeah. willing to just go ahead, Harrison. Yeah, I, I I think it is a little bit of sort of. I think it might be the the creators' understanding that there has always been this slightly cyberpunk element to Star Wars. It's just never mm -hmm. been front stage, and yeah. now we're going like actually let's explore that. And you know, like yeah, sure, that's yeah the kind of stuff that turned Darth Vader into the you know giant um, walking mm -hmm. Hulk he was. But actually, it can also be just a bunch of other things of just like a personal way to mod yourself and try and be yeah. different, mm -hmm. and it's. It, it, one of the things I find interesting about this, I was thinking about this um, since last episode, where there's been a lot of feelings of, oh, I'm not sure this fits in with Star Wars. But um, I have to think, the more I find out about the extended universe, the more I find things in there that I never would have said fit into Star Wars. Yeah. I think this is the same kind of phenomena, you know, like um, in the, uh, the Mandalorian armor audiobook we're doing here on the channel, Kodama mm -hmm. Bat, the giant space spider that creates yep. tiny little parts of himself <laughs> that then become machines is not like anything else in any other part of Star Wars I've ever seen. And felt kind of too high mm -hmm. sci-fi for me almost for Star Wars. Yeah. I'm like, that's the best thing about it, is that we can still do whatever in this galaxy. I think Star Wars is one of these um, places that you can kind of put anything in it, especially like on different planets that we haven't seen before. Mm. So like, um, I think maybe that's the issue, is maybe it's because it's Tatooine and we've all like, and a lot of fans have that nostalgic Tatooine idea. Yeah. Mm. Versus, you know, what we're seeing in the new Tatooine. It would also so, like... like, for example, I don't think anybody would have cared about seeing the cyberpunk maybe on like a planet like Narshada or something, you know? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I could see mm -hmm. that. Because so, that's that's kind of what you expect on that planet, but versus Tatooine, mm -hmm. it's been that's a planet that has been gone to, that is, they've gone to in Star Wars mm -hmm. multiple times, multiple, multiple times, games, mm -hmm. comic books, video books, movies. It has been it's the most probably most used planet in the entire Star Wars universe. Exactly. And as a result, we've never seen this kind of stuff. So people are mm -hmm. like, "What the heck? What? Why is it here exactly. now?" Exactly. I think it's because it's such a nostalgic connection that mm -hmm. you know. I th and personally, I think if you added anything new, it would have kind of been like, you know, what are we doing? Right. This is our Tatooine, you know, versus... I, 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 
Versus if they had planted this like on Nar Shaddaa, nobody would have batted an eye. Mm, I think you're right. And from <laughs> like you mentioned, it, this feeling like a tattoo parlor, I, I almost <laughs> kind of get this feeling that this is like the whole mods, as they seem to be called, <laughs> is like a, a, a case study for nostalgia and how it affects us. Because like I think these are supposed <laughs> to be like the new rebellious kids of the galaxy. Yeah. This <laughs> is genuinely, these are like Zoomers. These are the new trends. Mods yeah. are the TikToks of Tatooine. <laughs> Yeah. And then there's just all this old fans going, ah, it doesn't feel right. Yeah. This, it's going like, you know, shut up, Boomer. Well, you know, it's like, for example, um, one thing I've noticed, um, my uh, podcast, if we follow people of all ages, and one thing I've noticed is the younger end fans love these mod characters. And so I think yeah. I think it could be a generational thing where it's kind of like, yeah, maybe we're the old geezers that are, you know. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't shock me waist. at all. Like yeah. I, I could totally see like my eight or nine year old uh nephew like watching mm-hmm. this and being like, oh heck I want to be one of on one of those vests, but like I want I want one of those like cyborg arms. I'm like yeah, yeah I could see that. That's what I mean. Like uh the Gen Z, you know, they're they're all for this, you know. So I think but then again, it is Lucasfilm reaching out to a younger generation again, which they've always done. I mean, mm. I was the generation that reached out that was reached out to with the prequels. So I mean, you know, yeah, exactly here. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think we're seeing that pattern come by again of the old guard mm-hmm. get a bit annoyed. I think it's like it's like we've got <laughs> old fans be like, in Mad Day, you didn't need to get mods. I just <laughs> went to Tasha's station to look at power converters, <laughs> and it was good yeah. enough for me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. See, I, I remember see the sad thing about being being that the prequel, being raised on the prequels, is that you see that you saw that before and now you're seeing it again. Like you saw I remember when we didn't have pod racers. Yes, yes, yes. And, yes. and nowadays I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, nowadays it's I remember when we didn't have mods. We had <laughs> like, oh God, just stop. It's like a repeat all over again. <laughs> it's all it rhymes. Wasn't yeah. that what Sebastian was always telling us? It rhymes. That's yeah, like poetry. It rhymes. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. That was see, but and I guess that's just gonna be in 20 years' time when they come out with the next trilogy of Star Well, no Wars. lie, probably 20 years from now, the Gen Z generation that's all like, oh, we'll be going. That's not my Star Wars. Well, do you know what? I, I was thinking about this. Star Wars is getting so big now. We're expanding mm-hmm. so much that yeah. are we getting to a point where the original movie, and not even just the original trilogy, but like the core movies, like the whole, if you want to use the words that I like about the Skywalker, Skywalker saga, saga yeah. yeah, those might just not be any what yeah the bit of Star Wars that anyone cares about anymore. We could have it where you know these kids know the book of Boba Fett. But they barely ever watch those movies, and like could have stuff where they they didn't know that it was called the Slave One. <laughs> like the last I, I think it's I think oh, it's wow. coming because you will not believe how many people I knew that were big fans of the sequel trilogy had never seen the original trilogy. Yeah, I, so I, I think mm. that could be a possibility that that happens eventually, and that their Star Wars will be these new properties. You know? Yeah. We're gonna get like them like going, oh, I don't like watching the old yeah, like we say, Oh, you love the book of Boba Fett, let's go watch the original trilogy. Like he, he doesn't say anything. He's yeah. like not in the movies. Like, why yeah, do you exactly. love this guy so much? Mm-hmm. I've, yeah, to, to mention my nephew again, I've tried showing him the like watching the sequel trilogy, he watches Force Awakens and uh, The Last Jedi, and he is mm-hmm. all about it. He's watching that, yeah, yeah. he sees BB eight and he's like, Oh yeah, mm-hmm. like he's what but I tried to show him a new hope. He's just like, what the what is that? Why is that trash can rolling around? I'm like, R2D2, you little 
<laughs> I'm like, yeah, no. Like, so you're absolutely right. The younger generation is just, they're bored with young with the newer or with the older Star and, Wars movies. And they're just, uh, the great thing about the younger generation, that's one thing that makes me feel good, you know, growing up with Star Wars, is that it's bringing in a whole new group of people into the community, you know. Mm-hmm. Whole yeah. brand new fans coming in and enjoying what we all love, you know. And in their own unique ways. Like, yeah. as much as people are, I think, yeah, there are some cl- complaints that certain characters aren't fitting what they were in the EU. Yeah. We're mm-hmm. now introducing them to stuff that, like, we wouldn't otherwise, we wouldn't have been able to share with those generations because yeah. they weren't going to read a 20 year old book. No. But they will go and watch this and go, oh, that character. And then you can exactly. go, exactly. Oh, like, you know. you know, Thrawn, I think you're referencing, right? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. to be true, any of them, you know, just like any okay. of these characters coming, yeah, you know, it's like like Black Chrysanthemum, you know, just like mm-hmm. they, they might not necessarily check out what he was originally mm-hmm. in. Exactly. But they see him in this, like, oh, cool. Now, now you actually mm-hmm. know about the character that I care about, and we can share. Yeah, that. it's like um, Thrawn. You know, I I grew up reading the Thrawn trilogy, you know, so I knew him already. But so many people I knew never knew him until Rebels, and they got to appreciate him and fell in love with his character, you know. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and then that can like honestly that can end up to having fans go back and have a new love because I believe they they re-released the Thr- the Thrawn they trilogy, did. didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they re-released so, it. Yeah. So yeah, and then that and because Thrawn was such a uh, popular character, that got a whole new love, and Timothy Zahn got like a basically a, like revitalized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but so yeah, with that, I don't, I think just the biggest problem is that you have too many diehard fans, at least of this show. They with Bo, with Boba Fett, who are like, I want him to be the silent badass who never takes his helmet off and doesn't. Mm-hmm. I'm like, like I don't, I don't particularly see the problem. But we kind of got, we kind of got the silent badass though with Din in a way. Yeah, yeah, I, you I know, absolutely I, agree. I absolutely you know? agree. Yeah. Absolutely agree. So we kind of already got that character with Din Djarin, you know. I, I think you're right. Oh, speaking of. I mean, we mentioned him already, so we might as well mention Did Jared yeah. turning up? Oh my god, hired help. I cannot wait to see <laughs> him turn up. Like, oh, oh he's awesome. Yeah, no, that was can't wait, wait. When I heard that theme music, I was like, Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, at the very end. I'm like, yes. He has been such an incredible new character that Lucasfilm has created and there's just no way you can't fall in love with that guy. I also, yeah, I also enjoyed at the very beginning uh, seeing that, like even off in the distance. Like I'm trying. To, there we go. Yeah, like the reference to to that to the whole fight. The reference to that yeah. fight in the Mandalorian. Yeah. The one again. My only problem with it is that he gets on his bantha, goes over there, and it's like it's nighttime now. He gets over there, it's still nighttime. Like it, it would take far more than like it implied that it was like a whole day and a half after that fight mm-hmm. happened that Fennec was there. I'm like, yeah. dude, that's the only problem with that is that it, it just makes it seem like that Bantha ride was a lot faster than it would have been. And I'm like, that's bull crap. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. It, makes, it makes the idea like, yeah, why I, even, I, why I don't see go? a Bantha galloping over the dunes. I really don't, you know? Yeah. So I'm just like, <laughs> at that point, why did you even bother like going over to where the light was? Because at, yeah, at that point, you're going to find a corpse. Mm-hmm. Do you know what? Talk about the Bantha. I want to talk about a, a slightly terrifying implication was him throwing a chunk of meat to that Bantha to eat. Because the idea that Banthas are carnivores scares the living daylights out of me. That thing yeah, coming around. Yeah, especially 
especially since in a lot of the old expanded universe, like there was um Bantha fodder, which was like a feed of some kind. So like uh, yeah. kind of like a grain. So I always thought they were did not consume me, and now we're like, oh, I guess they're carnivores. Bantha <laughs> <laughs> fodder is people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It makes you wonder now about Bantha fodder. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's a bunch of womp rats. It's a, it's a mm-hmm. mixture of womp rats. And, and again, you know what? I, it makes me, I don't really know if we all should have been wondering about that because guys look at Tatooine. There's no, like, there are no vegetables. There's no trees. That is no, true. There is yeah. no grain or anything like that. Like, so, yeah. What else is a bantha going to eat? Although we do have that weird black melon thing. Yeah, no, I, I could see a bantha maybe digging those up and eating them, but still, yeah. though, I, I, I mean, like, I don't know, man, a womp rat is. I, I could see a bantha eating a womp rat. If if you're yeah. out in the middle of the desert, you got nothing else to eat. What are you gonna do? Right? A womp rat, yeah. Which I was, I assume that's what he was eating. I'm, I'm, I guess. Otherwise, I think, yeah. He said, uh, I think scurrier. I think later on he mentions to Fennec that, he, that he's cooked scurrier. I don't mm. know what that is. Mm. Something that scurries, I assume. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No. I, and and then also they talk about how like I guess uh, with the. Uh, like in the last episode, they talked about how they have Ronto. So I'm like, I assume, I assume that there's just meat all over Tatooine. There's just, there must be like animals just roaming. Tatooine. You know, I did not pick up on the Ronto. I think comment. yes, it's it's because he said like he t- he told the the uh, Rancor herder he's like feed it a full Ronto, and I'm and then he ran off to go to uh, uh, yeah. do the thing. Oh, okay, Ronto. Yeah, that's a co- that's a cool little connection to uh, Galaxy's Edge a bit too. Um, Oh. oh yeah, because uh, Galaxy's Edge sells uh, Ronto wraps. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know that. I need mean, so I need to go out to Galaxy's Edge. It's yeah, been... I um, I I live in Florida, so it's literally Disney's literally two hours away from me. So. Ooh. Oh wow. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's lucky for you. I'm like, damn. Yeah, I, I been, live in New Mexico. Been, okay. Yep, I've been multiple times. So. <laughs> It's like so Sebastian. Cool. He's like, oh yeah, it's just my backyard. I can just go whenever I want. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's see. What a, what's another? Uh, so yeah, let's go ahead and talk about the ship itself. Like him getting in. Like, like or so I was kind of happy to have this to have the ship back. It's the most inconvenient, ridiculously looking ship in the in the galaxy. But, but it I love is it. the coolest ship ever. It's one of the coolest ships ever. I mean. It is. And and we get this badass scene, which anyone who says that Boba Fett is weak or a wimp now, or is like, he's not the Boba Fett that you remember. Is this watch... scene where he's just, you know, brutally murdering these people. <laughs> yeah, he's just he's just taking revenge for the Tuscans, and, and I'm like, and yes. he's, You know, he looks so pleased with himself, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I feel like we're all pleased with it as well. Like, if, yeah. if, if you've got to be heartless if you're not sitting there like, yeah, mm-hmm. kill all those horrible freaking bikers exactly. that killed the Tuscans. Like, uh, I think that's good. it. Like, I think that I've seen a few complaints about people saying, you know, that like that he's a soft essentially. And Fennec even says, you know, oh, you've gone soft. There's a bit of a joke mm-hmm. in this. And I could see it a little bit with like, he, you know, he's very sweet to the Bantha. Like that bit where he's like, go, run, be free. And he's just trying to get rid of it. It's quite cute. <laughs> Um, and he's he's sort of you know nice and he goes out of his way it seems to, to to help people but I think it's just he's just not needlessly cruel like you know he doesn't do like bad things or things just for the sake of it like we see villains do so yeah mm-hmm. he's absolutely happy to murder these guys he's got no reason not to he was absolutely happy to cave their skulls mm-hmm. in when he first met them yeah but uh you know it's just like he doesn't need to wipe someone out if he doesn't have to I think what you mentioned too about, you know, being the villain. And I think that is again, another kind of like 
old, you know, like Star Wars canon thing where Boba Fett was a villain. So everybody expects him to be a villain now. So I think that's another thing that, you know. Yeah, you're again, right. And yeah. that's one of the weird things about like people's reaction to the show. Cause I'm like, the, the, the show that you want where he is still a villain or is still exactly the way you think he should be can't really happen. It's incredibly mm -hmm. hard to make a show with like an essentially mute evil dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. You're not going to enjoy it. So we need to mm -hmm. terminate it to this self a little bit and make him nicer. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, yeah, that was kind of the whole heart. Like you said so yourself, uh, Amanda, that was the big thing about uh, The Mandalorian. Is that mm -hmm. we got our silent badass in Din, yeah. but he wasn't evil. He like the, the a big part of the show was the fact that he had a, a love for Grogu. And yeah, like, exactly. That was the, that was the mm -hmm. hook for many people was the fact that Grogu mm -hmm. was there from the get-go. And so for, for mm -hmm. like that's the kind of the thing is you have to kind of watch like someone who is a, like who can be a cold, like heartless badass, but also has feelings. Has the know? heart, yeah. Yeah. Because and otherwise I think, and I think I think that's Boba Fett too. I think, yeah, he's he's a badass. He can be hard, you know, he can be brutal. But I think deep down he does have a heart, you know? Absolutely. And yeah, and I'm like, I don't see why that's a bad thing. Like him him talking mm -hmm. to a bantha, him like scratching this the what's it called? The massive the rank the rancor too. Yeah, the rank yeah, petting the rancor and being petting like, Oh, rancor. good, good girl or or good boy or whatever. I'm like, I don't see why that's a problem. Like and as or as him, maybe Boba Fett is just a softy to animals in general, which some people are, you know. Some people can be super brutal to people, but they love animals, you know. So <laughs> Yeah, see, I would I would love that as well. Like what's why why is it that you know in Empire Strikes Back, Boba Fett in his off time didn't go and pet a dog here and there? Yeah. <laughs> it'd be it'd be pretty sweet if like yeah. we introduced that we get him as like an animal lover and then we can have like a Star Wars John Wick. Yeah, like someone does something to that rancor, <laughs> and he goes crazy. <laughs> oh, dude, see, that actually kind of worries me now. I don't want to see a repeat of Return of the Jedi. I'm like, because, like, you know, after after thinking now, like, oh yeah, rancors are they're uh, loving creatures and they actually form attachments and they're very complex. I'm like, damn, dude, we're all monsters for for like cheering for Luke Skywalker. <laughs> I know because the poor rancor got murdered. Maybe I did it as well. We saw Maybe that man crying. Funny. Yeah, yeah, the peacekeeper just... was crying. He was oh. so depressed. I mean, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Luke killed his dog. Like, yeah, he was gonna die otherwise, but Luke killed his dog. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody would have cried at that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, dude. So I really don't want a repeat of that because now I don't want Boba Fett to like. It'd be cool to have him like in a in a blind rage murder everybody, but at the same time, like, oh, I don't want that to happen. Poor Rancor. <laughs> yeah. Also, also, like, I've been endeared to Rancor now because of Bad Batch with Moochie. Moochie, yes. Uh, yeah, baby rancors. Apparently, they're cute. <laughs> but all right, so let's see. I like how. Also, I like how. Let's just go ahead and talk about this for just one second. And I like how he raids Bib Fortuna's uh, place before he ever has any interest in like actually taking on the guy. I just, I just think it's hilarious that he could have yeah, gone in there and killed him. Ship. He's just like, I want my ship. I'm out of here. You know. <laughs> I just love that he could have gone in there and killed him at any point. He just doesn't though. Mm -hmm. Well, and even things like he could have gone and probably gotten any if he wanted to just go and steal a ship, he could have just done that. If he's capable of like breaking in and stealing his own ship under like heavy guards, there would have been easier <laughs> ships to get. But he's like, no, I am having my damn ship. Ship, yeah. <laughs> I'm having my father's ship because it, it it makes the idea that he is still very much hung up on his dad. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's good you bring that up because uh, when he's talking. I think perhaps in this scene or no, in, in another scene earlier, um, 
he's talking to Fennec and he says this thing of like, you can't, you know, to get so far without a tribe. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think this is where we're seeing all these flashbacks of his dad tie in. And that's going to be way, way more important yeah. is him establishing his tribe. And it does make me think we, we're going to get a clone. Ooh, I think a clone is showing up. So whether it is zero, because zero would make sense because a good age, because like Match is the same age with him, or whether they try and get one of the older clones in, I don't know. I would. Yeah, do you think I we could like see? To... Uh, do you think we could see Rex or uh, Wolf? I, I, well, all right. So it's, I believe it's been confirmed that Rex is. He's been that Tamara Morrison has been uh, cast as Rex in the uh, Ahsoka show. Yeah. So possibly it's it's a very good possibility that we could get Rex show up. Uh, although we need to have him like you know aged up a little bit, we need to have tomorrow tomorrow Morrison aged up a little more than he is because mm-hmm. Rex would be a good has a good twenty years on him at this point. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, luckily. Other, other than that, I would say we could probably get like I don't know who they would cast for, but we could maybe get Omega because she would be about about Boba's age now. Omega, that's what I meant when I said zero. I don't know. Yeah, zero, zero is one of the hut kids, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it, yeah. Um, Omega would be really cool to see. Omega would be cool. Um, let's see. I don't know. Other clones. I'm like most of the clones would be dead at this point. And like, I mean, I think it's. I think it got retconned that Rex is still alive because he was on the Battle of Endor. Yeah, he was on the Battle of Endor. Yeah, and it's also referenced in um, the ending segment of Rebels when Sabine's mm-hmm. telling. She says that Rex fought at Endor. So yeah. <laughs> Apparently, oh, Rex has turned up the a guild's place. <laughs> no, that's, those aren't my dogs. Those, oh. I think those are Amanda's. <laughs> those but... are mine. Yes. Ah, okay. Looks like they don't. They don't like your theory about Rex showing up. Uh, apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> but I, mean, I think that would be cool. Honestly, I think it'd be cool if we got a flashback of him uh, rep- uh, reprising his role as Django. Yes. Yeah. I would. I would love that of him, like of a young. Uh, well, I, I don't know. If, uh, what's his? What was his name? The guy who, the kid who played Boba. Daniel uh, Logan. Daniel Logan. Yeah, I, I don't know if we could CGI Daniel Logan to be young again, but I would. It'd be cool <laughs> if we could get if we get like a flashback scene of of like have, we could age down Tamara Tamara Morrison to look like uh, young Django. I don't know about. Yeah. I'm not yeah, sure if we could do it quite that far back. Like, no. <laughs> I kind of love this guy turning up like a bit of a beer hey. gut, receding hairlines, like so, hey, so hey, I'm hey, be hey. a kid. If you could, yeah. If, <laughs> If you can make Samuel L. Jackson look like he did in the nineties for uh, for Captain Marvel, then damn it, you yeah, can do but that. Like, I'm not like sending him back through puberty. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, okay, for Daniel Logan, that's a harder that's a harder thing. For yeah. like, Samuel Morrison, Jackson didn't turn up and be like, oh yeah, hey, hey there, uh, Captain Marvel. Oh wow, I'm a tiny <laughs> Samuel Jackson. <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm like. I don't know. We may then at that point we'd have to cast a new a new child Boba, which I, yeah. I mean whatever that's doable. I suppose. I suppose yeah. You, you maybe could deep fake it. Presumably you could just like take all the footage they have of that kid, like make a fake version yeah. of his face, you slap could, it on some other kid, deep fake it, yeah. Um, like they did with Luke Skywalker. So yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I th- I, the reason I say by the way with the the whole thing is because he talks about having you know your own tribe, but I'm like, oh, he he kind of already has one. With the fact that technically there are millions of his family or him out there, so even even yeah. if it wasn't like a named clone, like just some clones that went into hiding that you know survived mm-hmm. like for a yeah. while longer. Well, like I said, I think I think the prime clone to connect it would be Omega. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. She's yeah, because she was like the the. It says how all the other clones are like four or like tank breads and how they're how they're like force grown and everything. Like they're they're meant yeah, to yeah. age a lot faster. 
versus Omega, who is the last, like, she's the pure clone. So she is essentially a, a 100% copy of Django, just like Boba yeah. is. And mm -hmm. she ages at normal at a normal speed. So mm -hmm. that was the thing, is that they, her and Boba are essentially brother and sister. Whereas Boba, there's an episode of Clone Wars where he goes undercover in, in the clones, like, uh, facility. With the cadets, yeah. Exactly, trying to kill, uh, he's with Aura Singh trying to kill Mace Windu. Mm -hmm. But uh, in that, he he even says that he doesn't recognize the clones as his brothers. Like, he 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 struggles with it a little bit. But, yeah, he doesn't, like, he sees himself as the sole uh, child of Jango Fett. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So, okay. so, I don't okay. know. Maybe he, we could see that. Like, I would be interested to see Boba meet up with Rex and have that, ha like, have it out of, like, nah, dude, we are, we are the same. You and I are brothers. But I don't think, I just don't see it happening. Yeah. I think if we're going to see any clone, I think it's Omega absolutely like that's that's the best uh bet and i would be super mm -hmm. down for it let's go uh I, I, what did you guys think of the sarlacc thing of him going back to the sarlacc to get his armor that was pretty cool i but then again i i love the whole sarlacc sequence in return of the jedi and i liked it in the beginning of the first episode when we see him get out and then going back to it is just so poetic and what's even more poetic is that he is the one to kill the sarlacc in the end you know right i i think it's interesting that he didn't kill the sarlacc it was always my understanding that he killed the sarlacc to get out of it to be to begin with mm -hmm. but yeah, yeah you're right i enjoy how he comes back looking for his armor and he ends up like throwing a uh what's it called the sonic charge it the, the sonic charges char yeah oh yeah, that to be fair, yeah as we see it's fennec that does that so it's we, we technically must credit fennec credits do. yeah still but it's, it's, it's his still, bomb yeah it's still kind of a cool poetic ending that the slave one yeah, the slave or one. the fire spray yeah, is Boba the Fett one that ship. takes down the Sarlacc in the end. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I, I like <laughs> the fact that he goes back to the Sarlacc pit. There are some issues I have. I, I One, I've seen a lot of comments around about how, oh, well, he, why didn't he know his armor wasn't in there? I thought, because I think the first episode kind of suggested that he knew that the Jawas had taken it. But I'm guessing it's like that's all kind of a blur to him because pretty traumatic event that happened it there. was a pretty traumatic event and he was really not feeling good from the acid so maybe yeah i'm, I'm willing to believe yeah yeah because i was gonna say that too is he popped out of the of the sarlacc pit with his armor on and then he yeah. tried to stop the jawas so he must he just must have been out of it he must have been out of it yeah um but uh i am annoyed that i think he's kind of really dumb in this <laughs> like Ooh. I'm I'm just gonna put my head inside this sarlacc pit real quick. Don't you worry. I'm sure it'll be fine. Oh, it wasn't fine. No, it's not fine. <laughs> yeah, no. I don't know what he was expecting to happen, but yeah, like he, he gets all like stupidly close to that in like practically getting the ship inside there. I'm just like, dude. Of course this is gonna happen. Of course the thing is gonna grab onto you. It's a sarlacc. Yeah, and it ain't it ain't dead. So you know. <laughs> yeah. No. Like, I'm pretty sure I'm uh, on Twitter somewhere. I, I think it's on. Uh, it was Kyle Katarn is the is the uh, Twitter chat or Twitter account. The but Twitter like, account, yeah. Yeah, he ended up posting a picture of the Sarlacc of like a diagram of the Sarlacc. I'm like, yes, I saw that on um, Twitter and I shared it in the uh, Red Five Network. Um, the cool diagram of what the Sarlacc looks like underground. Yeah, the thing is a freaking monster, man. It, it is a monster, and it's literally like upside down kind of like thing like its whole body is and its mouth is hanging open so that was kind of a cool little uh idea yeah, this, is, this isn't the one uh but it it looks close so here i'm gonna show it mm -hmm. so hang on one second 
Look at that horrifying thing. Yeah, I mean, it looks scary as heck. <laughs> also, apparently, that's the male. Like, that is the male Sarlacc still still uh, hanging on to the right. female. I'm like, yeah. that is just... Uh, like an anglerfish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Apparently it's it's half it's like the Drengear, it, which I know Harrison that doesn't mean anything to you, but it's like it's like half plant, half animal. Yes, the, the Drengear. Yes. It it that drawing though was so oh, cool because I never knew what the Sarlacc looked like, and I was like, oh, that is awesome. Yeah, no, that was pretty cool. I'm like, I thought that like just the entire sequence was cool, but yeah, mm -hmm. like I I did enjoy being able to see that. Like, it's kind of cool seeing like all these little diagrams that pop up after the fact after each episode mm -hmm. to see like how like what the anatomy of a Sarlacc is or how that lizard crawls up in Boba's head. Yes. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, that was just that was probably one of my favorite parts is him doing that, and then and then yes, having this having the freaking uh, thing pop out. Yeah, have, like, the mouth pop up. That was so cool. <laughs> have like a tremors jump scare. Mm -hmm. Well, the uh, Sarlacc creature I think has always fascinated every Star Wars fan, so kind of seeing it more in depth in this one was pretty mm -hmm. cool as well. So Agreed. don't mind my cat. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. Uh, yeah, Harrison, how about you? What do you think of this scene? Yeah, I, I liked it. Um, I did. I'm not a huge fan. I'm not a fan of jump scares that I know are obviously coming. So, you know, <laughs> like, like, like we spent ages there going, oh, it's a bit quiet. It's a bit tense. And yeah, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Big, big old Sarlacc in my face. That was going to happen. Also, I really think Boba would have been in way worse shape trouncing around in the Sarlacc with all that stomach acid. Yeah, right. Mm. Like, I really think, because, you know, human body acid in our stomach is deadly so i can't even imagine what sarlacc acid is like you know i would agree yeah like although it does say that it, it digests slowly so i would imagine it's probably one of those things is like it's a slow painful burn as opposed mm -hmm. to like a quick one so yeah so like you get it but on like, you and it's like burning your your skin like yeah. over years the thing is though like with him going down in there like right here and he's coming back out i would think he'd be in a lot worse shape than he is Agreed. Agreed. Mm -hmm. you, you expect like bleeding or like sores or something? You yeah, expect, like, something some type like of sore or something. Yeah. But that's interesting thing to mention, actually. Yeah, because by the end of this episode, he is fully healed, um, and so we sort of see like from the flashbacks, we have these scars over his face, mm -hmm. and they're basically just kind of gone. Like, are we happy with uh, with that? That like like his damage is gone, or I don't know. I liked the idea that he was going to look a bit more battle worn. Uh, I, the whole show. I like the scars because to me, Boba Fett with scars fits more, I think. Mm. I agree. Like when we saw him uh, be like, when he showed up in the Mandalorian, he had all those scars on his face and he was all like messed up. Mm -hmm. That felt like it was like, yeah, dude, that would be the logical conclusion for him. However, I get the feeling that A, that's probably co uh, costly and time consuming to have him sit in the chair to, for to, hours. To go makeup, yeah. Yeah, to do that every single time. So at this point, it's just like it's just for convenience sake that it were mm -hmm. like guys, look, he's healed, done. Yeah. Now we don't have to worry about that anymore. I, although you know that could also just be as easily solved by not head, taking off his helmet, but you know that's just me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. At any rate, yeah. All right. So I'm I'm actually curious with you, uh, Amanda. So we've asked everyone pretty much on this on the show so far. What do you think of the lying down back to tank? Does that did that bug you at all, or have you been okay with it? That? Didn't bother me at all. Um, because we kind of saw a lying down back to tank in, um, oh, the one that Finn comes out of in Last Jedi. Oh, okay, yes. You know, um, oh, yeah. 
So it didn't really bother me as much because we already kind of saw that in The Last Jedi. So we know that there are these kind of like laying down back to tank things. Mm -hmm. So that didn't bother me as much. Okay. Yeah, because mm -hmm. I've heard mixed reviews. Some people say that they wanted it to be the standing up one. Some people yeah. say they don't care. And some people say that they like the laying down because it looks a little cooler. It looks a little more interesting. You know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I just I just was curious. Yeah, to me, it's it's like I said, we cut, we already saw it with them last Jedi. So, you know. All right. It also, um, with the results of this, I think it kind of suggests that uh, the lying down back to tank is better than the standing up back to tank. Because Mark Hamill's face never got better. That's true. He came, <laughs> he came out. There was still a big old scratch. That on is the true. Uh, Luke still always carried that scar, mm, even yeah. into you know his older times. So, oh yeah, maybe... obviously. Um, yeah, had to or back or did the Rebel Alliance maybe not have as high tech of a Bantha? Not a Bantha. Bantha. A Bacta um, tank. A Bantha tank maybe... is is also scary. Yeah, <laughs> it's, just, tank. Just... it's scary. <laughs> this is why but, I keep know... my carnivorous Banthas in my Bantha tank. <laughs> Yeah. Like a sort of uh, a bit like a rancor pit, but it's just Bantha yes. swimming around. Exactly. But maybe because of the crime lord aspect, maybe he could afford like the state of the art back to tank. Mm. So maybe so, yeah, that's see, the difference. Yeah, that was my guess is that like I would assume that the uh, you know the rebellion is probably like they're they're kind of like they're scrounging probably for exactly they're low on resources, mm -hmm. so they can only afford no. to put you in the back to for X amount of time and then mm -hmm. exactly. you're on your own mm -hmm. for the rest of that time. Uh, Plus, true, yeah. look how many look how many sessions we see Boba in that tank. A yeah, lot. like so. true, yeah. yeah, he would sleep there every night. So I'm like, mm -hmm. dang man. So yeah, he's just yeah. he's just getting bathed in it constantly. While Luke, we only saw in it one time, so maybe that's why he still had the scar. And then, to be so. fair, um, and then obviously Hoth was attacked. So maybe, maybe exactly if it mm -hmm. hadn't been attacked, he would have stayed in the tank for longer and yeah. and had gotten longer treatment. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Look at us! Look at us solving all these problems. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Let's go ahead and talk about this pro or well, pro oh. problem. Oh. But this 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 scene is incredible. Like we have heard of Wookiee dismemberment before, and we've never seen it, and yeah. now we got to see it, and it was awesome. <laughs> This so, scene, yeah, I, it was go ahead, Harrison. Go ahead. I, I wanted to go back to something you said earlier, uh, Amanda. The production value. Mm -hmm. This scene's amazing for production. Oh, value. yeah. Production All of the value, aliens yeah. are great. The Trandoshans look fantastic. Um, mm -hmm. I love how they're slightly goofy, but the way their eyes move is fantastic. Yes, it's fantastic. The production mm -hmm. value right in this sequence is so good. Yeah, it it looks like the I don't know like I don't know how they did it but yeah that costume looks incredible it looks I'm going to say it looks better than Chewbacca's like it, I'm, it's fantastic but yeah. then again like I said typically the wookies are always amazing mm -hmm. if you get wookies wrong in Star Wars you've really messed up yeah you've messed up yeah okay so I want to talk about this a little bit you you mentioned uh, I believe I think it was before we got off or before we got live on the air is that mm -hmm. you wanted to see what was what's the actress's name one more time Jennifer Beals Jennifer Beals yeah, so we mentioned it before is that she was uh, she's showed up in all four episodes so far. She has been mm -hmm. kind of a not really a main character, but she's kind of like been like she's obviously been there. She's had speaking lines like she's been mm -hmm. an, like an obviously kind of like an important character. So, yeah, like what do you do you think we're building up to anything with her? Oh, I definitely think so. Um, Jennifer Beals is a big actress. She's been on a lot of different projects and you don't cast her just for small little roles. Like typically she's usually a main role in a lot of stuff she's been in. So mm -hmm. 
I think this her character is gonna really come out in these next three episodes. If if she doesn't, I'll be very surprised because she is a big name. Yeah. Go mm-hmm. ahead, Harrison. I was um interested. Is there something that she could be slightly force sensitive? Because the way she convinces Chrysanthemum, whilst it's not an unconvincing speech, feels like a bit too easy for her to take down a Wookiee. So I wonder if there was something else going on there. That could be. That would I be mean, cool. If, if we go with the theory that a lot of people are having about her associations, we know that Crimson Dawn does have connections to Force users. Yeah, so I, that's one thing I would like to see as well is if she's a, if she ends up being like a, a part of Crimson Dawn, or she's like mm-hmm. like one of the enforcers, or not, or maybe not. You're like one of the lieutenants to Kira. One of the lieutenants, yeah. yeah I, I think I that. think she's gonna be a lieutenant. That's what I think. Yeah, I'd be like because mm-hmm. that's what we got in the last episode. They uh, they mm-hmm. said the the Wookie or not the Wookies the uh, the Huts. They ended mm-hmm. up leaving the planet, saying that hey guys, like we're leaving because there's another syndicate. So yeah, it would absolutely make sense if they're not talking about the Pikes. It would absolutely yeah. make sense if they're talking about uh, Crimson Dawn. Mm-hmm. Crimson Dawn, yeah. Let's see. He says we got Green Zombie in the comments. He says I bet Boba is going to make Madame Garza the next mayor of Mos Espa. Oh. Which, all right, I could see that. Like if she if she does yeah. prove to be honestly, a little, if she's doing a power play, that would be brilliant. Oh, that's a cool. That's a cool. Uh, um, all right, so crazy. Oh egg, yeah, that's a really cool little. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, she's like yeah. Rick running the cafe in Casablanca. Like it's yeah. all the gym yeah. joints and all the deserts and all of Tatooine. You had to walk yeah. into mine. <laughs> Hit it, Max. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love- by the way, have you guys discussed how Max survived the sail barge? We have a bit, yeah. Do you have any theories? Two, yeah. I do not, but I would love to hear how you guys think he survived. Well, I, I said a couple, yeah. like, one of the things was I was like, they're a band. The bands never, like, arrive on the main barge. They had a separate, like, barge for all their gear, like a speeder where they turned up humping, like, okay. amps out of it. So, like, I think Max and, like, all his guys were, like, out. We'll get you know, they grabbed the instruments that they could carry and they left. <laughs> okay. Like as soon as as soon as I reckon they saw like uh you know Luke do that fun little flip off of the, the they were like, board. We're out of here. <laughs> yeah, it was like, yeah. nope, nope, no, this is done. <laughs> it's time to go. <laughs> See, and now my my belief is that it's a little more of a joke, but it, if, if you're familiar with the robot chicken sketch of how Ma- how Max Rebo survived, it I I shared yes. on my Twitter. <laughs> yeah, is that, he didn't. He didn't leave the barge. He just survived it, and then he just like, oh man, no, my band's dead, man. <laughs> <laughs> the most horrible like stereotype in the world. But that's that's mine. Is that he, he's just a jazz stereotype? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Gotta but love Max. I, I, I think uh, I, I'm pretty sure that they have like an uh, in the extended universe. There is a book like from the night from like 1997 that explains how both Bib Fortuna and Max Rebo survived the. I, I forget what it was called, but someone yeah shared it to my to my Twitter a little while ago. Oh, sweet. Uh-huh. Oh, we'll have to check that out. I, I'm still waiting for Lucasfilm's uh, album of Max Rebo. I want an album of Max Rebo music, <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, yep. There we go. He was a musician. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. That, that's exactly it, isn't it? <laughs> and he was like, I'm out of here. Goodbye. He's <laughs> it's like, it's like, heard what was going on. He's like, I ain't going back in there. <laughs> Was Dengar and Boss? They said, yeah. He says Max, Bib, Dengar, ba- and Boss jump ship once Leia killed Jabba. But was that could Dengar be too, and Boss yeah. on there? I, I, I don't remember the two of them being on the ship. I don't I know don't if they're on there. Um, I don't remember them either. I don't remember them being on it. In the Mandalorian I do remember, armor. 
uh, the book we're reading. That Dengar does mention. I think Dengar was on there because that's how he knows what was going on. And then he finds Boba Fett. Yeah, and, he's like, the one Boba that Fett finds that. Boba Fett. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Am I? Hmm. Well, that mystery shall continue. Yeah, yeah we'll, we will figure it I, I, until I one of us Googles. That will <laughs> yeah. remain a mystery. <laughs> All right. So here, let me just. I, yeah, like I, I did want to. <laughs> that shot's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that, walk. that one. Just from Chrysanthemum, look at him like you got to start something. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I dare you. Oh, I love this. <laughs> there love we so go. Oh, there it is. The classic Wookie dismemberment finally seen. <laughs> And see, I love how he does it. Like, yes, on the one hand, like she, uh, he, yeah, he rips a dude's arm off, but he rips a Trandoshan's arm off. Like, it's not like it's gonna grow. It's not gonna grow back. Well, let's be honest too. Wookies and Trandoshans, you know, yeah, have a very I, hostile relationship. Anyway. Episode one, that that Trandoshan uh, crime boss who showed up, he gave him a Wookie pelt. So yeah, like, exactly. So it's like, yeah, you know, that was gonna happen. <laughs> is that yeah, why no. the fight started? Because I, I was watching this and I was like, I don't understand why he's so angry at the Trandoshans. They seem to be having a it's, good time. I think exactly it's just because they're Trandoshan and what they've done to yeah. the Wookiees, and I think it's just inbred, uh, you know, yeah. hatred. Yeah, Trandoshans as a, as like because they're hunters, they're like a hunter race. They like to like much like the predator. They think that the, the the bigger the prey, the better it is, and the more prestige. So a Wookiee is like the biggest prey out there, and they uh, love hunting Wookiees. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then as a, as a result, Wookiees have a major hatred of Trandoshans for that exact reason. Oh, see, I don't remember that. Green Zombie has this up. Chewie did dismember a guy in the Solo movie. I don't remember that scene. No. Oh. Maybe he did. Was it one of the stormtroopers? Because I think he. I don't I, remember. I, I, I'm trying to remember. I'm gonna have to rewatch it now just to see. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure, but but again, like the of watching this, I'm like, damn, that's brutal. But at the same time, he's a Trandoshan. He'll be fine. Give him a few yeah. weeks. His arm will grow back. Yeah, he'll grow back. Yep. Like that's one of the like the few good things about being a Trandoshan is your arm will grow. You can. You'll be <laughs> fine. <laughs> Well, and, and I was reading in the book that Trandoshans, like, you have to eat your siblings. Like, oh, God. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Trandoshans, like, kill and eat their siblings so there's only mm -hmm. one left. Yeah, yeah, only one, the strongest survives, so. Brutal, man. Yeah, yeah tough times. Okay, so we we did talk about this a little bit in the last episode, Harrison. Uh, and so, right, Amanda, did you think that at any point, did you think that we were going to be getting this? Because I, I, we were hoping that we were going to get Black Santin working for Boba. I, I figured it was going to happen because of him letting him go. I'm like, he's probably going to come back and work for Boba somehow or some way. Yeah. And I think it makes sense, too. I mean, Boba would yeah. want this guy on his side, let's be honest. Like, Oh, yeah. He's a powerhouse on his own. You can send him against a dozen guys and he'll be good, you know? I mean, yeah. In the last episode, he fought against the four those four Greaser kids and the two uh, Trandoshans and Fennec. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm like I could I think I could see Boba Fett wanting some muscle on his team, mm -hmm. and and this is the uh, perfect muscle, absolutely. And then it just it's great. Like now he he like he said like uh, like Harrison like you said he he's kind of building his tribe now with Fennec with uh, Chrysanthemum with the with all those of uh, the kids the modders yeah yeah like with the modders that's what that's right that's what they're called. But yeah, like we're getting all of the all these little like this ragtag team of of badasses that are that he's bringing together, and then hopefully. Like we mentioned last time, last episode with Din. Mm -hmm. Like if we, if we can get Din in there, then ah, uh, it'll be th this will be probably one of the like I can't wait for the next episode. That I think next I episode can't. will probably be my favorite. 
I can't wait to see Din show up. That will be great. I'm also wondering who else he'll get sh show up because Fennec makes the comment about coin brings out the best. And if so you know I'm like, yeah. yeah, and I'm wondering who else could we see come and join in the fight? I do wonder whether we'll get some, I know we were always saying this, but Ahsoka turn up. And the reason I say it is because Disney at the moment loves to make sure we've got threads from each show leading into the next show, leading into the next thing. So mm -hmm. I could easily see her, you know, incidentally being around and then yeah, whatever happens here. There's going to be really no connection between Andor and Kenobi with Boba Fett because that takes place prior. So I don't really mm -hmm. see anything from those kind of yeah, coming in. Doubtful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like this. So uh, Green Zombie says, I just want to see Cad Bane fighting for the Pikes. It would be the perfect way to introduce him in live action and in the final battle for Mos Espa. I would absolutely That agree. would be cool. And I we mean, could actually, we could get a reference to, to how Boba got the, the dent in his armor. Because mm -hmm. like, it was supposed to be a shootout with Cad Bane. I'm like, Yeah, oh. there was supposed to be a shootout in Clone Wars, if I remember correctly, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like the one of the last, mm -hmm. like the very last season. Yeah, young Boba was supposed to, like he's supposed to don the armor finally. And yeah. him and Cad Bane were going to have, like, basically what, what uh, Hunter and Cad Bane have, that kind of, like, you know, draw. and then The draw, shoot, yeah. And then Boba gets shot in the head. Can we talk about that, Dent? Because, right, I felt vindicated. They definitely said that armor's yes. bas... Yeah, that it's Baskar okay. Steel, Baskar, whatever it is. I, I, I mean, I believe Baskar, you... yeah. So, so in episode, the reason he says that is in episode uh, one, we reviewed it with Rachel from the Rebel Roses podcast. Yeah. I, I, be I believe you know her. She's Yes, uh, I do. Yep. So yeah, okay, yes. So um, at any rate, she was saying that in in the EU, apparently it's no, it's called Durasteel. Like his his armor is made of Durasteel, which is the same thing as as a uh, Darth Vader's armor. Mm -hmm. But now in the show, it reveals that yeah, no, his armor is made of Beskar, which yeah, like so that's kind of like, it's an interesting thing. Rachel got like I, I don't want to say she got defensive, but she was just like, no, it's it's Durasteel. Yeah. I know all of it. I'm like, well, and that's and that's absolutely because I think it's a case where she was right in a lot of yeah. ways because it in has a been lot, and... in the old you know yeah. um, originally lore. she was yeah, but then again in the old lore we didn't even have beskar yet i think that was a exactly. modern was... yeah yeah that but, was and so my only problem with it now is sort of what disney has done by making it beskar there's a thing of like well it doesn't add up as much because like damage that he sustains in like earlier stuff wouldn't make sense if it was beskar and the fact that it is so messed up i could see that the sarlacc pit might do that because you know like Oh, it could damage the Sarlacc it, it pit won't. would probably damage Beskar, yeah. Um, yeah. But maybe the dent is from something unexplained yet. I mean, it, it could, could be too. Yeah. Well, I suppose it could be also that. I don't know whether, like, if you, like, say, forge Beskar badly, that it could be damaged. Maybe it's a fault of the know. armor or something. I mean, I don't know. Um, Beskar, to me, is a... I love the invention of Beskar because to me it makes sense, especially with the Mandalorian Jedi history that we know that they were enemies. Yeah, yeah you'd want armor that was resistant to a lightsaber. So it makes mm. perfect sense. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it would also <laughs> explain like if you play KOTOR, there's parts where you can take a sword and fight with against someone with a lightsaber and not. So it exactly. would make sense for mm -hmm. that. As it would well. make sense that, yeah, Beskar. Mm -hmm. But at any rate, so yeah, he's uh, we got Green Zobby saying. Boba versus Cad Bane in live action since their showdown scene in Clone Wars got deleted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he says, and remember, Cad Bane had a metal plate in his head in the Bad Batch. So, it's, so yeah, it's, it's very possible we could have a Boba uh, showdown with, mm -hmm. or, if, or if nothing else, have another one where they've made reference to that during the Clone Wars. Yeah. 
Crazy Eight says Bane's got a whole <laughs> set of dishes up there. <laughs> it's funny, but all right. So I think we're we're getting pretty close to the end here. Uh, let's see. I, uh, the one thing I want to know though is ahead. with Boba's armor. There are pieces of the Beskar missing, right? Because Django's armor had more Beskar parts, right? I think so. I think there was like some leg parts or maybe like stuff yeah. like his braces for his legs. Mm. But I'm not okay. I'm not entirely certain. Because I'm wondering what happened to those pieces. That's a good yeah. Point. Yeah. You know? Right, go Do ahead, you Eric. guys know, is there a, um, an explanation for the change in the color of his armor when he did that? I think I think he just painted it when he started mm -hmm. when he started wearing it. He just decided to paint it differently. Yeah. Okay, I was wondering if it was a big. But I was just thing. curious um, uh, about the missing pieces because I think there's pieces of the armor missing from Django's. Well, I, I, I was looking at his wrist as well. I noticed that like the, his wrist mount has the same thing as like the whistling birds, but it's I don't think it is the whistling birds. Is that his flamethrower? Yeah. That's a wrist rocket. Yeah, he has a wrist rocket. Right. Okay. And yeah, I so think. I think it has a flamethrower too, though, right? He's got a flamethrower on a bit of it, but I'm not sure which yeah. side it is. Uh-huh, yeah. Okay, so I'm looking at a, at a picture of those two of them side by side. Is there? Okay. Yeah, uh, here, I'll let me see if I can bring it up. Mm -hmm. Okay, so share... Not video file, damn it. Anyway, so uh, yeah, it looks like what, there's a couple of pieces missing here. Is there? Okay. Thought there was. Yeah, so it looks like there's like a couple of metal pieces on like the thighs that are that are missing, as well as like on his shins. Like oh, he yeah. had okay, he has yeah. knee pads. And yeah, and it looks like he's changed the crotch, like the you know, the what's it called the cod piece. The but cod piece, yeah. But otherwise, yeah, it's like the chest piece is the same and the helmet's the same. And okay. then also the bracers are the same. So there are some missing pieces to it. Okay, interesting. So yeah, it could just be that he just hmm. decided to get rid of those, or that they just like he lost them over time. Because mm -hmm. yeah, his boots are different too. Yeah. But yeah, so fascinating. Like, mm. That is fascinating. <laughs> Sorry. fascinating. No, it's like <laughs> I wonder. All right, so let's yeah. go ahead. This is the last part of the episode. Let's go ahead and talk about this. Is that where, uh, where he sits down with all the crime lords and they and they promise not to fight against him? Do you think that's going to stick, or do you think that we're going to get like an all-out war in Mos Eisley or most? The thing is, I think the Pikes are have a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Well, we know they do. I mean, we know in Clone Wars they're a very powerful syndicate. So, I mean, I don't really see these guys staying out of the fight unless they're paid to stay out by the Pikes or something. Yeah. yeah, that's my thought. So he, he, like he, that was the whole point of this is that he tells them like you guys remain neutral and we'll all be mm -hmm. fine. But yeah, yeah. I don't see that happening at all. I, I get the feeling that they're going to try to take over Boba's empire when he gets weakened. Even if exactly pikes, like even if the next episode is like an all out battle where he wins against the Pikes. Right after that, all these guys are going to be like, okay, now it's our turn. Or yeah. they're going to be bought off by the Pikes, which I yeah, think or, could happen as well. Exactly. I think there's. I don't think there's anyone on Tatooine who actually takes his sort of claim to being Daimyo seriously. Um, and even yeah. even like in this episode where the, we have that cool moment with the Rancor, which mm -hmm. is one hell of a. That power is move. one amazing moment. <laughs> um, what stops like, him from killing you? Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Love it. And I think like th th that was really cool, uh, but mm -hmm. I I don't think anyone here like feels like he has proven that he's actually a threat yet because he's he's tried to do everything nonviolent, um, you know all they've seen him 
happen in public is they've just seen him get punked, really. Yeah, <laughs> like, really. People just keep attacking him. Um, so I the think... The thing uh, is, the battle is going to be a show of strength for Boba Fett, the battle mm. with the Pikes. And I think yeah. only then will the crime lords respect him. Okay, and so you so you think they're gonna stick it, stay out of it, and then like let him? Well, it depends it. if they get bought off by the Pikes. That's the whole thing. Okay, I think at least some of them will. I I I think just mm -hmm. like with the way stories always go, you're yeah. gonna get someone mm -hmm. who's gonna turn on him, and is mm -hmm. still working with the Pikes. One of them's probably already hiding the mayor or something. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I reckon it's probably gonna be the guy that's just a dog because the camera's just focused on them dog people. They like, do way too much. <laughs> Yeah, no. We know who the Aqualish are. We know who the Trandosians are. These guys seem like a new race that I've never and seen they look before. Like, they look like a bulldog. Yeah, they look sinister, and I'm like, okay, these are going to be... The, if anyone's the bad guys, it's going to be them. It's be them, yeah. But I like uh, Green Zombie's idea. Is that I want to see Trando send Bosk to reinforce Boba's team. That would be <laughs> awesome. If, like, Bosk shows Very up cool. and, like, if the two of them... And again, if one of those things of, like, they reference the fact that they know each other, because we've seen in Clone Wars, and I'm pretty sure, like, War of the Bounty Hunters and various other comics and stuff that they have teamed up and they've like they if not fought against each other they they know mm -hmm. each other and they mm -hmm. and obviously we've saw them uh, in Empire together so mm -hmm. so yeah I would love to see Boss show up Boss would love to see Cad up Bane. would be really cool <laughs> yeah definitely all right let's see especially since I plug it again on the uh, Mandalorian Armor audiobook that's here on the channel uh, the last chapter that we read Bosk has teamed up with Boba. Uh, to take down his father, Krodosk. Oh, Ooh, nice. very nice. Yeah. So yeah, he said, so Crazy Eight says, dice are rolling, the knives are out, and expect the unexpected. This happens in these types of stories. So yeah, exactly. So crazy yeah. stuff is going to happen. We're ne like mm -hmm. next episode. I hope we actually do get to see the Rancor show up and start like maybe not him writing it yet, but like mm -hmm. it just completely wrecking Mos Espa. That's mm -hmm. got to be one hell of a moment, isn't it? That's got to be like an episode eight like moment of like everything's going to hell and then just that, that, what's that silhouette? A shadow over everyone and then he's on top of the rancor. Yes. Oh, that's going to be yeah. brilliant. How he shows that he is the dying. I mean, I think, I think leading up to it, you're going to have a lot of double crosses and crossing and, you know, because let's be honest, it's the criminal underworld. Nobody's loyal to each other, exactly. you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would absolutely agree. All right, so you know, since we're talking about, it, let's go ahead and get into the into uh, predictions. So, what are we like? So, I'll start with you, Amanda. What are you like? What are you wanting to see, and what do you think we're going to see in next in the next episode? Like, what, uh, what I want to see is Crimson Dawn. I want to see Crimson Dawn actually as the people behind this all. They're the mm -hmm. ones really behind the territory. I don't think it's the Pikes. I think it's them working in the shadows, and I hope we see that because Crimson Dawn is an amazing criminal syndicate. Um, I hope we see Kira. Garza, I think, is a top lieutenant, which makes sense. And she's the one pulling all the strings in the background. And that's what I'm hoping to see. And that's what I kind of think they're going to go for. Because, you know, we're in a criminal underworld. Crimson Dawn is extremely powerful. And mm -hmm. who better to try to take over Jabba's territory than them? That's a good point. Yeah, yep. like, I mean, and if there's <laughs> someone who can rival the Huts, it's probably uh, Crimson Dawn. Mm-hmm. Like maybe the Pikes as well, but yeah, but Crimson Dawn, and then before that, like the Black Sun Cartel. The Black Sun Cartel, yeah. Which yeah. I don't know if they, I don't know if they exist anymore. I think that with, with uh, the death they of Darth do Maul, exist because uh, Black Sun, I think, is mentioned in a comic recently. I think. Okay. Because it mentioned they even mentioned Prince uh, Zizor. Ooh. Oh really? Yeah, 
I think nice. it's in I think it's in that Crimson Dawn comic, I think. Okay, cool. So that means <laughs> that they're they're trying to bring like at the They're trying the to bring back all those like criminal syndicates into mm-hmm. everything. And I think, what's it called? Like I think it's uh the heir to the empire was the thing that they did that, that whole like it, it basically was the war of the bounty hunters of its time. Yeah, and you had um Oh, that book that took place in between Empire and Return. Shadows of the Empire had. Yeah, Shadows of the Empire. That's the one, not Empire. Yep. It's Shadows of the Empire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the one. Yes, uh, uh, but yeah. So I'm. But I yeah, do... I I definitely think it's going to be Crimson Dawn. Okay, and so yeah, like that. That's both. That's both a prediction and slightly a hope. It seems. Yeah, it's a hope, but I also think it's a prediction because they'd be stupid if they didn't go that route. Oh, absolutely agreed. Uh, Harrison, how about you? What are you? What are you hoping to see? What are you wanting to see? What do you think we're building up to? Yeah, I'm trying to think what I'm hoping to see because because now we're, we've sort of caught up with the story. Mm-hmm. I, I've mentioned this before. I, we've been left with the bits that I wasn't that interested in in the show. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure what things I want to do. I can't disagree with the Crimson Dawn. That would make it much more interesting. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think uh, development of uh, Jennifer Beals' character uh, mm-hmm. would be... Because this last episode has really shown. I, I think that whole scene was just a real, like, she's more important than you might have thought at first. Yeah, very important um, and very persuasive. After that fight scene, I want to see um, that little droid, the car dealer one, who's R3X from Star Tours. I want to see him treated yes. better. I was very worried for his safety in this episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting the Trando just getting thrown all around him. I know, it's like he can't move, he can't go anywhere. You know, and like, and like, 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 I had to go to Disneyland Paris. So in my head, that guy speaks French, and he's he's just you know like doesn't understand what anyone's saying. Poor dude, mm-hmm. he's so far away, can't get a baguette. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, I don't really have many predictions. I'm kind of floundering here because I, 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 don't, I don't know what I'm going to see next. Other than hopefully, I'd like to see some more Danny Trejo, so we get some scenes of him training on the Rancor. Okay, I'd like yeah. to set that up. Um, also, just because I love Danny mm-hmm. Trejo. Yeah. Absolutely, uh, that would be cool. That'd be that would be really cool to see more scenes of him. Yeah. See now, now Harrison, that's putting image in my head. I can't, I can't not imagine like Trandoshan getting knocked into that droid and him just sucker blue. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you got uh, let's see green zombies in the comments again. It says, what if later in Ahsoka is revealed that Grand Admiral Thrawn is actually pulling the strings for all the cartels in order to establish his ascendancy uh, post Empire? Mm. That would be cool if we're if we actually if yeah if they went if they went that deep and started being like yeah guys we're gonna start putting Thrawn into this and then Ezra and Sabine I'm like I would be all about that. Like, uh, yeah, we, I mean Thrawn's a mastermind, so who knows what he could do? Mm-hmm. Honestly, if we just got Sabine, like if we got uh, Sabine Wren in the show, I would uh, be happy with that too. Wouldn't like, it be cool if she's one of the muscle that shows up or something? You know, oh that'd be so cool. <laughs> like yeah one of the people who i love pays. sabine i love sabine uh like you know what i would sabine dinjarin freaking uh bo-katan and like just I don't bring know. all the mandos to the party there you go <laughs> <laughs> the whole Korean team <laughs> yeah it is actually a concept that it works mm-hmm. yeah and, 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 and it's another bit that i haven't mentioned the, the whole tribe aspect of he has this mm-hmm. connection to mandalorians and like he suddenly met what seems to be more Mandalorians than he would have seen like in decades. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and we know that you know the Mandalorians are trying to retake their home, and Boba could be a great ally to have for them. Absolutely, and Ridiculous, I mean he's yeah. he's he's not a Mandalorian. Or he may, well, I don't know. It depends because if you're if you're looking at it the, like the way that Din Djarin, like the extremist Mandalorians, 
then yeah, mm -hmm. he's not one of those, but he could very well be one of the Mandalorians like Bo Katan, like just yeah, mm -hmm. that are born into it and you know. Yeah, and become like... part of the yeah, become part of that. And it, mm -hmm. they're not they're not super extreme about taking their helmets off or you know, that kind of stuff. Exactly. But, and they're not they're not like uh they don't cater to the old republic ways, but at that mm -hmm. point, yeah, I, I think I could see that. Him like joining mm -hmm. Mandalore in that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And God, I would be so happy if, if like we I said, got Kitty Sackoff. Ah, uh, yes. Just you know, that's it. That's that's the ultimate dream. Is you got Sabine, Din, and Bo kicking ass with Boba. There you go. Absolutely. Just another Mandalorian <laughs> team. But give me give me that. I want it. The See? only I think the only thing that makes me worry about that is when we start getting these young Mandalorians in, we're gonna start noticing a lot more how much of an old man is playing Boba Fett. Because <laughs> you already get it a little bit in this show when anytime he has to do something physical, it's like it was a little bit stiff. Yeah. Like, yeah. like that whole fight with Black Crescenton is like, ah, Temoera can't quite no, pull out yeah. the, the Matrix moves. As much yeah, as he he's... used to when he was younger. Yep. I mean, the man is, yeah, he's almost in his, he's in his 50s now. I think he's close I mean, to 60. So, yeah, I'm like, bro. Mm -hmm. the... Yeah, like if he, if he's still trying to do this and he's and although he's let like, me tell you he looks great for almost sixty. <laughs> yeah, he's doing agree. good. Yeah, yeah, no, he's he's doing really good. But yes, you can absolutely tell that age is catching. You up You can to actually him. tell that age is catching up to him. Yeah, yeah, like and I mean it catches up to us all. That's not exactly that's not a problem. And that honestly that that could be a useful thing for Boba Fett too because he's realizing that you know he's not. He's not a spring chicken anymore. He's got to. He's got to start slowing. He's got to realize that. Well, time to be I the did boss, see. Not, not I did see a theory that because he's a clone, maybe things are starting to degenerate quicker, possibly. Uh, mm. Okay. So maybe that could be a good explanation because he is a clone. That would That's be cool too. Possible. Mm. Mm -hmm. I would kind of like that as well as that if like he like just out of nowhere his body starts like rapidly aging so he's starting to or you know down. like maybe he's just feeling the effects at a younger age than a normal person would so that would be kind of interesting to kind of go into yeah i would i would say that you know if you spend years <laughs> being a bounty hunter and going through the hell that he's gone through mm -hmm. all the just the crazy like physical activity you know yeah. your back's not going to be very good after after like 40 <laughs> years of that either oh yeah <laughs> if you think about like how bad like just running is on your knees Exactly. Like, mm -hmm. Oh yeah. So I'm just like I feel like yeah, being a bounty hunter that wears that wears your body mm -hmm. out. Like if being a if being like a Hollywood stuntman wears your body out, then I can't imagine what being a bounty exactly. hunter. Exactly. <laughs> I kind of loved. I'd love to see like maybe some, yeah, some retired bounty hunters and like get them to be played by a bunch of like retired uh, wrestlers because that's yeah. exactly what all of those just a bunch of guys with taken injuries, yeah, yeah. absolute superheroes, and now like they're forty and they can't walk. <laughs> freaking mickey rourke let's be honest probably boba is catching up to him because of all those years he's just like yeah i can't do what i used to <laughs> exactly and and that's another part i mean that's part of the story he tells to, to fennec as well is like i'm i'm tired of you know doing these like i'm tired of seeing our uh, our people die for for stupid uh jobs and shit. i'm like yeah it's probably age is catching up to him and he's realizing that you know what i can't keep doing this forever like i'm yeah. gonna die mm -hmm. i'm gonna die for someone stupid when and he says like I, how many like lives could have been saved how many things could have mm -hmm. been uh, could have been like accomplished if we just sat down and talked that is a, a thing that i i think makes more sense from like old boba <laughs> to new boba it is that thing of him being like it was just it wasn't necessary and that yeah. he's like annoyed he's annoyed that they made him kill because it's like oh you idiots like yeah. if you were just smarter you could do this better well you know it's like that quote that he tells to um uh 
like a chrysanthemum. Like, yes. Is that how he's, yeah. Like is that, you know, quit working, quit doing these crappy jobs for like, you know, these sucky like, people. You yeah. Know? Oh, yeah what was it like? Like skunk holes? Skunk yeah. Holes. yeah. That's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Skunk holes. So it's like this whole thing of like, he now like, regrets a lot of the stuff he did when he was younger kind of like it was like a waste of time it had no meaning kind of thing absolutely and like he was only doing it because his dad was doing it so like exactly he wasted, he wasted his life on something he may mm -hmm. not have even believed in which to me makes perfect sense because let's be honest we all look back at our past and go yeah that was that was so stupid what i did you know and he's doing that right now exactly and so yeah i'm I don't think that I think that's not that so much that like what people are saying when they're complaining that he's get, becoming a wuss. I think it's so much more that he's just getting old. See, th this is a perfect comment right here. Crazy Eight says not yeah. many bounty hunters make it to retirement age. And I'm no, like, they yeah. wind up dead usually. I mean, Boba's hanging around. He's in his forties now, and he's still going. So yeah, he and he's been lucky. Like the only reason he got out is because he had Beskar to save him from the from the Sarlacc. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I think we said about like you know not wanting to do these jobs like. That's all the ultimate. Like, my job got me here taking mm -hmm. crappy jobs for Jabba the Hutt and then for the Empire. And what does it get me? It gets me inside a side of Sarlacc, exactly. It got him nowhere, you know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm like, I feel like it's just people don't realize, like, people need to get some perspective on this and realize that, you know, all these near death experiences they change you. They do mm -hmm. some stuff, that, and then not to mention, like I said, like or we mentioned it in a, in a, a couple episodes ago, where with him, uh, you know, meeting up with the Tuscans and learning mm -hmm. and learning their ways, and learning that you know there's other people on Tatooine as well. Like he's he's gotten a whole new perspective on life, and I'm like, mm -hmm. I think it, yeah, I think it's 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 a good change. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, see, Boba's tired of being expendable. Being exactly, expendable. Green yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you one thing that he's learned: he's never going to trust a Rodian. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> that little sob, that red sob. Uh, yeah, maybe just the red, red Rodians, like blue. He Rodians, might just green never Rodians trust a red Rodian. Yeah, yeah. He might be fine with green. <laughs> it's like Greedo was cool, but yeah, yeah. never shot him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, last part I think I'm going to ask is: so what do we rate this episode, uh, Amanda? What do you out of out of five? I don't know, out of five Boba helmets. What do you? What would you rate this episode? I would probably rate it five Boba helmets because I really enjoyed it. All right. But I would say it's probably the best episode of the series so far. All right. I would, I, hmm. I would agree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I, there was a lot of really cool stuff in there. Uh, like I had, like I said, I had little gripes with just like the, I guess the timing or how, how mm -hmm. like their, their time frame worked and how like, yeah. but other than that, I'm like, it was a good episode. I would, I yeah, would it, it about four, four and a half. I really enjoyed it. The production value looked good to me. Um, I enjoyed the setting. The sets to me were really good, especially the, the Java Palace sequences. They were mm. really, really good to me. Um, and the story was good. So, uh, yeah, I would say five. Uh, yeah, Green Zombie says five out of five. Easy. Mm -hmm. Harrison, how about you? What is, your, what is your rating? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out if I like episode two more than this or whether I like this episode more. Yeah, it's a tough one, but I was like, yeah, I think I like this one more than two, just a little bit. I think this one is definitely much more. It has way more classic sort of Boba Fett stuff. So him being in in Jabba's palace. Um, but mm -hmm. I think ultimately, I preferred the stuff that happened in Episode Two. It was more interesting mm -hmm. to me. So I'll give this like a like a four point eight out of five. <laughs> but I, you know, it, it's like a Boba Fett helmet, but like the antenna's knocked off. Yeah. Because <laughs> I gave uh, two a yeah. five. 
And I, I, can't, yeah. I can't give two fives in a season. <laughs> I'm, yeah, like, we're true. already halfway through. Yeah. You know, I, I'll give this a five as well. It was a pretty great episode. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Crazy Eight says, "Yeah, I was just happy to see the Slave One out of mothballs." I'm like, yes, yeah, it's about time. Like, I I can't wait to see that ship more. I like, and we and we know it, it shows up in obviously in uh, what's it, Mandalorian. So it's not going to get yeah. destroyed. That that ship ain't going anywhere for a minute. Uh, I can't wait to see more. Uh, although, of it. although, if I swear to God, if we get like a Razor Crest kind of situation going on here, <laughs> I'm going to be P.O. I can just see it. The last episode, it just blows up. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be so pissed. I would be so like if they if there's like nope. Honestly, <laughs> if if Lucasfilm wants to send Star Wars Twitter into chaos, they would do that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would kind of love it if they did have something like like if they went through all their adventures and then it's like the end of the Blues Brothers when the Blues Mobile just falls apart. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like walking away in the slave one. Just, yeah. uh, I'm on a mission from the Force. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. But, but anyway, um, uh, so he yeah, is I getting the band back together. <laughs> oh my god, he is on a mission from the force. <laughs> That's awesome. Max, oh my god, it's gonna be so good when like like Max Rebo is like playing like Ray Charles hits. It's gonna be, <laughs> it's gonna be so good. All right, guys. So uh, I think we're pretty much ready to wrap it up. Unless you, uh, you guys got any last thoughts, uh, Amanda Harrison. No, I think we've covered everything. Yeah, just yeah. looking forward to five. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait for the next episode. I I don't know where they're gonna go. Like it, it feels like a hard th- like thing to to get better from here, but I'm sure mm-hmm. they will. At least I hope they will. I, I'm I'm hoping that they they continue this nice incline up, and we just get masterpiece. Nope, next week is gonna be <laughs> <laughs> because I said that it probably will. <laughs> Well, if it's following the pattern we've had already, yeah, like if it's following be... the pattern, then the next one will be, you know, yeah, it'll be shorter hoping, and just nothing will happen. I'm hoping it breaks the pattern. I want it to break the pattern. I agree. So agreed. So all right, guys, I think we're ready to wrap it up here. Oh, he says, yeah, Green Zombie says, take care until next time. Episode five is gonna be awesome. He, yes, it will. Here's <laughs> hoping. So yeah, thank you so much, everyone who st- uh, stuck around the entire episode. And thank you to, to Amanda. Thank you so much for being on our show. It's been it's been a blast talking to you. It's been awesome. Yeah, I gotta have you guys on my show and talk stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Next time you want to talk Kotor or any Star Wars stuff, yeah. or you know Mass Effect, I'm always down for that. Like I will yeah. always be down. Next time and, you want to explain things to someone who doesn't know, ask me. I'm great. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, have you got any got any plugs or any videos or anything you want to talk about before we head out? Yeah, um, so this uh, Tuesday night, we are continuing. Galaxy of Queers is currently doing an 80s month, and uh, we will be watching, we will be discussing the uh, 80s film The Last Starfighter Tuesday night at 9 p.m. So, looking forward to that. It's one of my favorites. And then our last film for 80s will be The Never Ending Story later in the month. (laughs) Your last one, your one you did before was Willow, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. That was so. That was a controversial topic on this on this podcast. <laughs> it's like some of us saw it, others did haven't, and then they, and it's weird. People have to, people have told me personally that it's like the uh, I don't know. It's a it's a movie I should see, but it's not a good one. See, I enjoyed it. I actually little side note, but uh, Willow was actually the first time I'd ever seen it for the podcast. Oh, oh really? So 
Yeah, I've yeah, never I, seen it before. And I enjoyed it, actually. You can definitely see George Lucas' influence in the story. Okay. That'd be interesting. <laughs> All right. Awesome. I, I got to check that out then. Yeah, because yeah. I, I saw it on there and I'm like, oh, cool. And I just, I just <laughs> haven't clicked on it yet, but I, I yep. do want to watch that. That's pretty good. Actually, yeah, we can line it up to I can watch Willow and then I can listen to you guys discuss Willow. And then yeah, like, no. scream at my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I make know, sure right? to make sure to tune into The Last Starfighter. It's a great film. I can't wait to talk about See, that. that that's another one I have. I've heard about The Last Starfighter. So I know the basic story of The Last yeah. Starfighter, but I've mm-hmm. never seen it. Yeah, I grew up with it. My parents are both sci-fi nerds, so I grew up with all the 80s sci-fi movies. <laughs> all right. Nice. Nice. All right, uh, Harrison, you got any, you got anything you want to talk about before we head out? Any audiobooks coming down the line? Um, so audiobooks are the same uh, at the moment. So, yep, The Mandalorian Armor on Wednesdays and Resident Evil City of the Dead on Thursdays. They're still going for a little while. Got plenty more chapters to do. Um, and uh, one thing I want to do a shout-out for, so I've started some work on a new project with somebody uh, over on A-Bomb Radio, or I think here on YouTube he's called Atomic Wolf. And this guy does radio plays set in the world of Fallout and Fallout New Vegas. I know exactly who that is. Yeah, they are. Oh my gosh! Absolutely yeah. great. Um, I yeah. So, so I've done some voices for the guy on things previously. Also did a great Bioshock radio play as well. Um, okay. Yeah. So yeah, uh, check out that guy because I'm going to be appearing on that channel again soon. All right, I'll have to check it out again. Yeah. Nice. All right. Yeah, I'll check that out as well. And but yeah. Uh, I don't have anything else. I, I mean, I'm working on an Age of Republic Lando com- audio comic for Star Wars Audio Comics, but that's not anywhere near being done. So, you know, <laughs> but just just always check out Star Wars Audio Comics because yeah, like go to go to Star Wars Audio Comics because that's a good ch- that's a good channel. And, and Gilb's work is all over it, like <laughs> lots right. of great editing yeah. work and stuff from Gilb's. Uh, yeah, and lots of great voice acting work from Harrison and from our <laughs> from our other from our other voice actors from Marshall, uh, Sebastian, even and yeah, from all of our buddies. But yeah, go check those out. And yeah, guys, if you guys like our podcast, make sure to check us out every Sunday. Here's same time, same fat time, same fat channel. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Smith. But uh, yeah, um, and then also, yeah, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, uh, check us out on Twitch. And yeah, just go like, follow us, please. We love We love the support. We love the comments. We love talking to you guys. We love this show. But uh, yeah, I've been Gilbert. This has been Harrison and this has been Amanda. And we, we will see you guys next week.